welcome to this edition of NC Talks. In this podcast, we talk to Reid Alish, Assistant Professor in the Department of Psychiatry at the University of Wisconsin School of Medicine, USA. Reid discusses the role of epigenetics in neuropsychiatric and neurodegenerative disorders and how epigenetic research could change research and treatment practices in the future. So first, please could you tell us a little about your research background and how you became interested in the field of epigenetics in neuropsychiatric and neurodegenerative disorders? Well, it started um, back in graduate school when I was um, became focused on studying regulatory mechanisms of transcription. And through that training, um, I became interested in a wide variety of mechanisms, and one of those included microRNAs. And these small uh, RNAs are able to um, regulate the translation of different transcripts as they become uh, trans uh, tra- after they become transcribed. And so, uh, in that process, um, I began studying a disorder called Fragile X syndrome. And Fragile X syndrome is quite an interesting disorder uh, because it's generally caused by a single gene that has been disrupted. And in this single gene, it has an expansion of its five five prime UTR. And this expansion um, involves a trinucleotide repeat that has uh, C, G, and G. And the C, G, G trinucleotide repeat um, becomes heavily DNA methylated. And once it becomes methylated, it completely shuts down the expression of the gene, FMR1, and that leads to Fragile X syndrome. So initially, I was studying the role that microRNAs play in uh, working with the FMR1 protein to regulate translation, but I became fascinated by the regulation of FMR1 itself uh, during this disease process. And during this disease process, um, it, um, this methylation is stable, and it lasts for the lifetime of the individual, and it's very difficult to remove. So at that point, I became interested in the, the epigenetic component of DNA methylation, and I became interested, uh, very focused on uh, uh, neuropsychiatric disorders, fragile X being one of those. Um, and and that's sort of how I became um, down this road of epigenetics, neuropsychiatry, and uh, you know, follow that's how, that's the beginning. And then as I've developed further, my interests have have also shifted um, towards inclusion of neurodegenerative disorders. Okay, great, thank you. So, what are your current research groups that focuses? Well, my current research uh, groups focused on both neuropsychiatry and neurodegenerative disorders, um, most uh, specifically on uh, those involving the effects of early life stress and how early life adversity can result in later life mental illness. Okay. So your group recently published the paper, New Hope, the Emerging Role of 5-Hydroxymethylcytosine in Mental Health and Disease. So could you give us a brief outline of this research, please? Yes, of course. Um, It has become quite an interest in the field of psychiatry and mental uh, health 
to understand what are the molecular contributions to these disorders. And we have noticed over the last you know, five years, uh, at least, that there's been quite a, a bit of connection uh, of epigenetics, particularly DNA methylation, which is our focus, to mental illness. Um, and it's, it's linked in several different ways. Um, and those include different modifications that fall under the DNA methylation umbrella, that being 5-methylcytosine as well as 5-hydroxymethylcytosine. Mm. And it's really the, um, the rediscovery of this second base, 5-hydroxymethylcytosine, that has generated a lot of interest in the contributions of DNA methylation and uh, mental illness. And that's the reason for that is because um, it has a, um, a particular impact from the environment as well as a, a large um, prevalence in the brain. So for, exam for example, 5-hydroxymethylcytosine is found at approximately 10 times more abundant in the brain than any of the peripheral tissues. Okay. So, I guess to, to, to finish on this topic, uh, we felt that the time was right to um, put together a review that sort of uh, sort of went across uh, the literature and and briefly touched on the different contributions that we and others are noticing that DNA methylation, 5-MC, as well as 5-hydroxymethylcytosine are contributing to mental health and mental illness. Great, thank you. So you mentioned that your group is looking into this. Um, so what yes. implications could recent findings about the role of DNA methylation in neurological disorders have on the future of neuropsychiatric research? Well, we believe that DNA methylation can do two things uh, in, in particular. One, they can uh, uh, provide a biomarker to tell us that um, that an individual is undergoing a process which is going to be detrimental to the mental health. Okay. This, this can be very important because we can identify uh, things uh, that are happening in the brain um, earlier than, than when the symptoms start to present themselves. And as you can imagine, it's very tricky to find uh, molecular markers in the brain because it's very difficult, in fact impossible in most cases, to get brain tissue. However, uh, many groups, including ours, have been finding that DNA methylation, um, while it's specific to uh, specific tissues, it also has um, a mirror, uh, it mirrors its, um, many of the marks that are found in the brain are also found in, in, in the peripheral tissues, such as blood. So by simply taking a, a, a blood from an individual, we may be able to understand some of the molecular contributions that are deteriorating in the brain. Okay. So that's the first reason. The second reason is um, DNA methylation itself is modifiable and can be reversible. So the thought is that if we identify, if we use DNA methylation to identify the genes and pathways that are, are, are deteriorating and becoming and, and contributing to mental illness, then we could target those genes and pathways and reverse the process of DNA methylation and or um, 
don't uh, treat the individual based on these specific genes and pathways, we can then provide the individual with a, um, a molecular therapeutic that can um, ameliorate their uh, symptoms. Great. So, so to elaborate on that a bit more, looking at a more clinical approach, how do you anticipate that an increased knowledge of epigenetic changes could change the way that mental health is diagnosed and treated in the future? Well, we and others uh, hope that uh, DNA methylation um, can provide um, an additional help for for the clinic. Uh, currently, clinics uh, rely heavily on uh, behavioral uh, diagnoses to identify the individuals and their and their prog uh, prognosis, diagnosis, and prognosis. Um, However, this is rather subjective, and this can um, th this can lead to delayed diagnoses and, Im and improper treatment. So, what we hope is to augment that process. So, provide the clinics a, 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 another or a secondary um, a <clears throat> metric that they can use to more precisely diagnose individuals, more rapidly diagnose individuals, and more properly treat them uh, to provide them better outcomes. And this goes along with the idea that we can identify um, not just sort of the problem for a population, but really the problem for the individual, and allowing us to identify subtypes of each mental illness and treat the individual uh, with a more precise and personalized medicine. That would be great to see in the future. So finally, what do you believe are the most exciting new avenues for epigenetics in neurology and where do you hope that the field will be in five to ten years from now? Well, I think the most exciting avenue is, is just that, is two things. One is early diagnosis of individuals that are heading down a path that um, is going to be detrimental to their health, and, and earlier diagnoses that can provide uh, faster and, and, and more um, uh, more full recovery from, from that sort of um, <clears throat> decline. And the second would be to improve the subtyping of things such as mental illness um, or, or um, one of the words, uh, things that we like to think about is developmental brain disorders. Mm -hmm. So this encompasses things such as autism as well as schizophrenia. Mm -hmm. uh, to us, these are all developmental brain disorders. And if we can identify that this is happening much earlier, and if we can identify the subtypes of each of these developmental brain disorders, then that will allow us to more specifically treat, um, well, actually, the, to more specifically diagnose, which will lead to more specific treatments of these individuals at the personal level. One thing to, to add would be the, the um, there's been this emergence of DNA methylation being used as an epigenetic clock, and that and that sort of idea is that you have a biological clock um, and you have a chronological clock in your body. Each of your cells have this chronological clock, which you know how old you are. However, there's a biological clock, or some people have termed it epigenetic clock, which has a, a, it sort of has a different pace, and its pace is more related to your health. And 
so what you can do is you can compare this biological or epigenetic clock to the chronological clock, and if it, they deviate dramatically, people are finding that that could be an indicator that your health is, is either going um, improving or declining. And so this can be a very interesting, and it's, it's one of these newer emerging um, sort of subfields within epigenetics that can be very um, powerful uh, for the future of health and disease. Thank you for listening to this NC Talks podcast from Neurology Central. For more podcasts, as well as to read exclusive interviews, journal articles and news, visit www.neurology-central.com.